Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Spurscast, episode 577. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the Spurscast. Joining me for this episode, after the Spurs' opening night win against the New York Knicks for the 2019-20 season, 2020 season, should I say, is Project Spurs' writer, Steven Anderson. Steven, how you doing, man? Hey, Paul, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. I know we're expecting a little rainstorm tonight, so it uh, should be fun. <laughs> yeah, so Spurs Cast listeners, just a heads up. It is uh, me and Steven recorded this at 8 o'clock Central Time in San Antonio, where there's supposed to be a crazy thunderstorm. I know that I keep getting those updates. Lightning was struck within five miles of where you live. So in case like this is just crazy and we like lose all the audio and then we have to come back, you all know why. I mean, Steven, in Amarillo, it's like snowing. It's like trending on number one on Twitter right now. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it's snowing like crazy. So anyway, we're not here to talk about weather, although that could have a, have an effect here on, on our on our Spurs cast. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, discuss this Spurs opening night win and then some of the latest news around their, their roster with some of their players. So let's begin, Steven, with this game against the Knicks on opening night uh, on Wednesday evening, the Spurs hosted the New York Knicks to begin the season. They they get a victory, 120-111. It wasn't pretty. I think DeJounte Murray had the best word for it. He called it sloppy. Uh, you know, basically, it was like almost like a roller coaster where you saw the Spurs playing well in the first half where they went up by 16 points at one time with uh, 8.42 left in the second quarter. Then all of a sudden, you go to the third quarter, late in the third quarter, 2.44 left, and there are the Spurs down by seven points to the Knicks. And, and this is a team that the Spurs were supposed to be pretty badly because they were a 10-point favorite according to Vegas. But fourth quarter comes, the Spurs put it together. They're a veteran group. Um, they outscored the Knicks 37-27 and, got a, and pre- pretty much had a pretty comfortable win there in like those last two or three minutes. Uh, the biggest issue for the Spurs all night was the turnovers, where they had 21, which cost them 32 points on the other end that the Knicks took advantage of. Uh, and then, you know, we're going to get into the, some of the player specifics in a little bit. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge did lead the team in scoring with 22 points and also collected eight rebounds. So, Stephen, just give me some of your early thoughts on that victory for the Spurs. Yeah, it was an interesting game to say the least for the Spurs because, as you said, Paul, was uh, Dejounte said it was very sloppy, and and that is exactly what it was. I'm 21 turnovers, 32 points for the Knicks off of those turnovers, and you know it's unspurs like uh, at least for, on Pop's team, unspurs like to have that many turnovers and actually win a game. I mean, Paul, you know, last season the Spurs committed, I believe, it was like 19, 20 turnovers in in, in a game, and they would lose a lot of those games. Whereas this time they actually got the win. Um, but a big factor, as you said, is DeJounte Murray. DeJounte, uh, as we had a whole season off, 
uh, off, not because he wanted to, because he was had the ACL injury. And obviously he, we saw videos of him on Instagram working out. I believe it was like, what, about a, a month after his surgery, he was already like doing some workouts in the gym. So that just told you he, he was itching to get back. And he proved that to pop uh, during preseason, hence the extension that he got. We'll go into that later. But I mean, um, yeah, so DeJounte had the best game. I mean, what I expected from him, he looked, he picked up right where he left off from 2017, 18. It's, it's been a while. So he picked off from where he left. He picked off from where he left off. And I mean, 18 points, he, he hit the boards. He dished out to find his open teammates. He looked fantastic. And if, if that's the game that DeJounte is going to bring to the Spurs this season, the Spurs may surprise a lot of teams or excuse me, a lot of uh, analysts who have said the Spurs are not going to make the playoffs and all that other stuff because they, I don't think they realize the level that DeJounte really brings to this team. I mean, uh, I know we don't want to use that guy that went to the Clippers in the offseason, Kawhi Leonard's name on this podcast anymore, but I mean... <laughs> I, I thought you were talking about Jermichael Green, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, him too. We love Jermichael Green. Anyway, so yeah, we don't want to talk about him, but I mean, I hate to say it, but... DeJounte's defense, especially when he got some of those steals, echoed Kawhi's defense. And I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with saying Kawhi's a damn good defender. He won Defensive Player yeah, of the Year twice sure. in a row. There's nothing wrong with that. DeJounte was a massive piece missing in that defense last season for the Spurs. And after one game, you can see the difference he makes. Add in Bryn Forbes, who last season had a breakout year. Um, I remember, I believe it was um, Jeff McDonald, the Express News, who was saying, you know, he's fighting for his starting spot because he knows it's not at the time it was not up for grabs. I mean, he knew that I mean, it was up for grabs. Sorry. He knew that he needed to lock it in and his play in preseason obviously held because he's a starter. And by the way, he played on, on Wednesday night, 20 points, hit shot some three. He looked confident. That's a massive step forward for the Spurs. I mean, if you remember, uh, Paul, you know, Danny Green had a massive year, breakout year that one time when he was first introduced with the Spurs. We all know what happened in the finals, all that good stuff. So uh, he reminds me of like a Steph Curry, Danny Green type without Danny's defense, unfortunately. But I mean, he has a very solid shooter. Uh, talk about the bench real quickly. Uh, getting into the bench role, Yaka Pertle on the bench. I was a little skeptical. I'm not going to lie. I was a little skeptical when I saw the line of Trey Lyles was starting. I was like, okay, Pop, I mean, it's it's an interesting move because Jakob was a solid piece next to L.A. last season. And you get uh, Trey Lyles in that starting position, I was a little concerned. But seeing Jakob with that second unit, it just flows so well. I mean, Jakob is going to have a, a time in the paint against some of those uh, some of the bigs on the bench for some of these teams. Uh, Trey Lyles as a starter, I mean, I, obviously we know how Pop likes to f uh, fluctuate the lineup for each matchup, depending on which team is going to play. But if if Trey Lyles is going to be a starter for a, a long time, I'm not against it. The guy, you know, he got some slack from fans uh, whenever he was signed, but he proved himself last night. Eight points. He hit the boards. He had some nice. He had some, a couple. I think he had a couple of blocks in there. I mean, he's a nice, solid pickup for the Spurs. So I mean, overall for the win. Not too happy with how it happened because it should have been an easy blowout win. Um, but overall, I'm happy that they got off on the right foot. Yeah, so so you kind of went into – you've already kind of gone over a few of the topics that I want to discuss here in terms of the players. So let's go ahead and – I'm just going to dive a little bit into those players that you mentioned there, Stephen. Uh, DeJounte Murray was the guy I wanted to kick the show off with. And, yep. you know, he does finish 18 points, 7 to 10 shooting, just really efficient from the floor. 
eight rebounds, six assists, three steals, four turnovers, and twenty. And he, the thing is, he only played twenty four minutes. Pop's still being very safe with his minutes uh, mm-hmm. to make sure you know he's coming off this horrific ACL injury that made him miss a whole year. And so Pop's making sure you know to making sure not to to throw him straight into the fire. And, and even though he's starting, uh, he's still giving him his, his time to make sure that he's okay. He's not trying to force him um, out there on the court. Uh, one of the big shots he made, I, I know that most of the night, you know, I was watching him and I even got some comments on Twitter through the first three quarters is, you know, oh, he's still not in a real game now, a regular season game. He's still not taking the jumper. He's scared to take the jumper. But we saw there in that fourth quarter that as he got more comfortable throughout the game, we saw him take that corner three, no hesitation. And he yeah. made it to give the Spurs a pretty good lead and, and shift the momentum. Um he scored most of his baskets in the paint where he can just get by, by guys. He reminds me a lot of what Russell Westbrook is able to do, where mm-hmm. he can grab a defensive board and just immediately you're on your heels as a defense. And he did that to the Knicks where he got and ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was getting in the paint against them. I mean, he's just he's just so athletic and so quick in, in those little slashing moves to get his layups and, and uh, shots in the paint. So, I mean, I would actually argue that DeJounte didn't need to worry about his jumper yesterday because he could just basically get into the paint whenever he was a primary ball handler. Um, one thing I saw that I noticed in the, in the preseason too that this was happening was that Pop's trying to get him some minutes without LaMarcus and without DeRozan on the floor. And so you talked about earlier about him, you know, of, you know, maybe possibly one day getting to becoming the Spurs' cornerstone and maybe becoming, maybe not as great as Kawhi ever was, but becoming to, getting to see, you know, we've already seen now that the, you know, the Spurs eventually let Kawhi, uh, grow on his own, what he can become, um, you know, that's what I want to see from DeJounte is what kind of player on offense can he be? We know he's an, he's an elite defender already, but what kind of player can he be on offense? And that's like untapped potential there. However, I really, really feel that he, he gets um, – I, I really don't like seeing him play alongside Aldridge and DeRozan because the style of play totally changes. He, he is a point guard, but it's just not an efficient way for him to use his best skill set, which is his, his athleticism, his quickness, his ability to get out on the open floor. Um, and so whenever whenever you saw him out there with the second unit and he got to play by himself for, for the second quarter and fourth quarter, he played really well. You know, the, that, That's actually when they were leading by 16 was when DeJounte was in charge. He was the main playmaker. Uh, he was getting going, the offense going. But then when he has to play with LaMarcus and DeRozan, it's really tough where they're going to have to figure this out because then it becomes into, oh, we got to get LaMarcus's post-ups. Oh, we got to let DeRozan run a pick and roll. And it's just like, and what are you doing now? Now DeJounte's not doesn't have the ball in his hands, and he's just basically you know just a, your normal um, you know point guard. So I think that that's going to be something that they got to really work on on um, finding a good balance. That was something I put on Twitter was you know early before the season even started. You know who ends up being the, the top leader in usage percentage, and I really want to see Dejounte be the number one playmaker, not DeRozan or Aldridge, even though they are the the current you know all stars or the or the guys that normally lead the team because. You know, he like I said, it's untapped potential offensively for him, and the only way he can grow and learn to make mistakes is if you let him be your primary guy. But I don't know how well that's going to work with Aldridge and DeRozan. You know, since they're in their they're in their vet stage of their career and they're and they're ready. You know, they only have a few more years left in their prime. Um, so yeah, Murray. I mean, the numbers even show it. I, I could I'm not going to spit out the numbers, but I mean, it's only one game. But but I mean, really, the the team was good with with the starting five. But again, when when DeRozan and Aldridge went to the floor, and it was just Dejounte in charge, the numbers spiked. I mean, he, he was just the Spurs went to another level like that. So that's kind of what I'm. What, what did you think about the playmaking there? That with in terms of um, because you know the hard thing is that you do have to start all three of them because they're your three best right. players. But, you know, do you think Pop should continue that staggering where he gets DeJounte his own minutes by himself without the other two guys? For sure, because, I mean, you know, as you said, you pointed out perfectly. I mean, DeJounte kind of took over whenever he was yes. with, that, with that bench unit. And that's the DeJounte I was expecting with the starting unit. And, I mean, as you said, DeRozan has to get his ISO play. De, uh, uh, LaMarcus has to get his post-ups. And we'll talk more into that in a minute when we go into LaMarcus and, and uh, DeMar. But 
if you, I mean, if, I mean, you know this, Paul. I know this. Anyone who's covered the Spurs or watched the Spurs know this. And there's no secret. Uh, players like Demar and Lamarcus are rhythm players. You have to get them into a rhythm. You have to get them their posters. You have to get them their touches. Otherwise, if you just give them the ball, they're not like a Steph Curry who can just hit a three without touching the ball for 20 minutes. I mean, it's not going to happen. So, I mean, those are the type of players that LaMarcus and and DeMar are. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But on this team, the way it's, defi- <laughs> the way it's defined is um, with, you ha- with uh, DeJounte. DeJounte, I mean, it's safe to say, is the driver of this car. You know, when Tony Parker retired, or excuse me, when Tony Parker left uh, to go to Charlotte for that one year, which looks kind of pointless now. But anyway, whenever he left, uh, Pop basically gave DeJounte the keys to the car and says, you know what, here, you're going to drive. And I put, I put in my recap last night, it's like, if DeJounte is driving this car, the Spurs have a very bright future ahead of them. And they do. It's just a matter of who you surround him with. And guys like Forbes, Derek White, uh, uh, Trey Lyles, uh, Jakob Pertl. If you start with, with guys like that, maybe not those specifically, but players of that caliber, DeJounte is going to be a star in the making. He'll be an all-star in a year or two, for sure. Yeah, and so like you, you just gave a great reference there when you brought up, um, you know, some of the the, the passers like Tony Parker. So like we saw that transformation where the team, you know, was run by Duncan as the primary guy, and then yeah. Manu, you know, and then Manu takes the keys for a little bit, and then Tony's, and then obviously they end up they end up with Tony taking the keys to the car, and then it ends up becoming Kawhi's team. And so that's kind of where you have to find that balance. And, and we knew that that uh, uh, Tim, Tony, and Manu were those 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 selfless players who were going to give. You know, they, they they when it was time when it was their time to give up the keys, they were going to do that. So we'll see now. You know, if Dejounte continues continues to show these these really strong improvements offensively you know will LaMarcus and DeRozan be okay with making letting him becoming the primary ball handler that's kind of the question to watch you know knowing these guys uh you know in their games and stuff so that's kind of a good thing to yeah. watch is to see what happens and so I was really encouraged last night when I look up the usage numbers that DeJounte was number one he was the primary playmaker and then it was DeRozan and then Aldridge so so again it's just one game yeah. let's see how that goes for 20 games in and see if that's still the case I, or, or well go ahead I, I might have an answer to that question uh, when we go touch into LaMarcus and DeMar. I mean, I have an interesting take on that. So we'll we'll go into that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's go to the second guy you mentioned earlier, Stephen. That's Bryn Forbes. I wanted to highlight him. You know, he had a really strong preseason. Um, You know, he was basically getting like 15 to 20 points a night in in some of those preseason games. And I know it's just preseason, but he looked like the most confident, comfortable spur out there. Uh, And then he's so efficient because he plays the game to to today's math. All the mathematic, uh, you know, people like him because he's – he fits in his game. He goes for threes first. If it's not there, he'll try to look at look at driving to the rim. And then if that's not there, he will take a mid-range jumper. And the thing is, what I like about Brynn is that he's actually a really good, efficient mid-range shooter. He doesn't just take them, you know, when, when he, when he ha- uh, because he, you know, that's just the only thing he's going to do. He does it because, you know, somebody ran him off the three-point line, and that's the only place where he can get a good shot. And he's such a high, efficient shooter that it's actually a good shot for him. I, I'm actually encouraged when Brynn takes mid-range jumpers because he's actually a very efficient shooter. And like you mentioned, Stephen, LaMarcus and DeMar went... They, that's the majority of their shot, but again, they're more rhythm players. Some nights with Lamarcus mm-hmm. will have it going, but then some nights yep. it's not going to go in. And same thing yep. for Demar, where it's going to be going in, or last night was a night where it's not, and then all of a sudden, mathematically, you're already behind with those types of shots. So let's talk about Bryn just a little bit here. Um, you know, he just continues a strong place, fin- finishes with 20 points, um, seven to 12 shooting from the floor. Like I mentioned, mixed it up, and he was responsible for three of the Spurs' seven made threes. And that was something we saw in the preseason, where this is a very low volume three point shooting team, and so Brynn is responsible for a lot of their three point makes, and he continued that last night. And then you talked about earlier about you know 
having to get in a rhythm for for Lamarcus and, and Demar. Whereas mm-hmm. Brenda's the opposite. Check this out. Out of the out of the five starters last night, he's fourth in usage. Only fourteen point three percent of the, the possessions uh, uh, were taken a shot or assisted or turned over by him. And and he still was like the second leading scorer and and such efficient shot making too. So that's the thing about him is I, I wrote down here on my notes. He's a quick decision maker. He doesn't hold the ball. He's either going to shoot the shot. Or if you're running off three-point line, he's running it. He's either going toward the rim or he's going to take that, that mid-range jumper. What have you thought about Brent, Brent's um, progression? Because I think like he is he it sh- he showed me in the preseason that he was playing a lot better. And then I think he's going to continue this uh, coming into this, this season. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, when Becky Hammond first took over the Spurs uh, Summer League squad. And she won that summer championship. Mm-hmm. And Brent Forbes was the guy. At that time, he was the one of the main reasons why the Spurs won that summer championship. And Becky had nothing but praise for Bryn Forbes. Uh, obviously, Bryn Forbes made the Spurs roster. He went to the D League, to the Austin Spurs or Toros, whatever they were called at that time. They don't really yeah. changed the name. Um, and he worked. Obviously, he worked his way up. Now he just started with the main with the main squad. And to see that progression from where he went from summer league to now. It's just fantastic. That is what this whole process is about. The whole D League, G League, uh, you know, going, earning your stripes, so to speak. That's what this is about. And to see how he has done is fantastic. I mean, you know, Bryn Forbes is going to get paid whenever yes. his time is up. He will get paid. Hopefully the Spurs have a way to keep him. We can talk about that in the future, not now. But I mean, I mean, the guy is a baller. I mean, I love his shots. Um, I think Pop said it last season. Anytime he shoots it, I think it's going to go in. Yeah, and for sure. Honestly, I thought that too. I do too. I really yeah. thought. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking. I, I was like, right. okay, he's going to make. It. I'm shocked when it doesn't go in. I think he hit one from like a few feet back in Wednesday's game too, um, and that reminded me kind of like a Steph Curry type uh, of shot there, and that was just fantastic to watch. Now you mentioned Paul. The Spurs are not a prolific uh, three point shooting team. Last night, they went 7 of 21 from 3, I believe. Uh, I have it in front of me. Yeah, 7 yeah. of 21 from 3 last night. So, Or Thursday night, if you're listening to this on a Friday. Uh, so Wednesday. Anyway, so um, that's the thing that's more concerning to me than anything else. Not Bryn's play, but the yeah. fact that this person had a, a three-point shooting team. Last season, they were the fewest in the league in attempts. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the way the league is going. You have to adapt and shoot the three ball. I mean, everybody's doing it now, whether it goes in or not. Everyone's making shooting threes, and the fact that the Spurs want to stick to that style of grind it out post offense uh, because of Lamarcus and you got Demar's ISO play. I mean, that's where I think the Spurs really need to is is that next level of hitting threes. Having a guy like Bryn Forbes, shh, that's where you want to go. Guys like Brent Forbes, Dejounte hit a three, as you mentioned last night. Yeah. Um, Forbes. I mean, we got we saw Rudy Gay had uh, some struggles a little bit. Patty hit a three. So I mean, uh, Lamarcus had the one he took randomly. So I mean, the, there's no saying the Spurs are working on their threes. They are. Uh, uh, apparently, Demar had some in preseason. Lamarcus has been working on some. Brito Forbes is going to get his. So I mean, that's where I'm more concerned with this team moving forward. But as far as Brent Forbes goes, I mean, the guy's going to get paid. There's no doubt about it. Um, he is honestly the guy I would go to if the Spurs are ever in need of a big bucket, not DeMar, mm-hmm. not LaMarcus, maybe DeJounte or Forbes are my two right now. And it's, it's early, but I would go to them if I need a big bucket late in the game. Yeah. Especially what Bryn is, if it's like a, if you're down three and you need like something off the screen, like how they used to run for Danny Green yeah. back in the day. That, that's exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And I mean, 
I, I know people on Twitter get mad at me, but I, sh- I purposely put the shot selection because, it, 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 like you just said, they took 21 threes last night. That's it, just 21, whereas they took 20 mid-range jumpers. It's like, come yeah. on, what are you doing? And, and plus plus the, the stats show that um, that uh, the, 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 the three-point shot is always going to be more efficient. I mean, it's just mathematically now in today's NBA. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of why Pop mentioned it, too, you know, before the season that, you know, he wants they, they want to try to work on increasing threes. Uh, but, again, it's just one game. But I do think that Bryn's on the right track already trajectory for this season. Um Let's now go ahead and dive into DeMar because he did have a rough game uh, on opening night. So he finishes with uh, 13 points total, 3 of 10 shooting, 7 of 11 from the free throw line, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 turnovers in about 31 minutes. So it was mainly the first to third quarter where he really struggled. Pop even said you know, he had a, he had a really bad first half. Uh, he complimented him, said he didn't hang his head at halftime. He ended up just coming out and staying strong. Uh, DeJounte Murray was very uh, gave him a lot of credit too, saying that you know that's why he's an all-star. He's a vet. He, call, he called him a real vet. Says that you know he 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 knows not to just get down on one game. So let's so like the first to third quarter look, the numbers are really bad. So zero of five shooting, <laughs> three to six free throws, um, one assist, four turnovers. He was a minus twenty four point one points per one hundred possessions when he was on the floor in twenty three minutes in those first three quarters. Then he had his, he he finally you know, broke out in the fourth quarter. Where he, he did played a lot better. He shot three of five from the floor, got four made four or five free throws, dishes three assists, um, scores ten points. And then he, and then he, in that time he wasn't a negative. He was a plus seventy one point three points per one hundred in those eight minutes of the fourth. So I know it's only one game, um, but uh, so so what did you think about about DeRozan's uh, tough night? See, as you said, it's only one game. So I'm not going to say the sky's falling off. You know, we got to trade him now. No, I'm not saying any of that. But yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting one because this is where uh, this is what I was going to say earlier. The John T. Murray has the, he's the car. He mm-hmm. is the driver of this offense right now. And I, I'm going to be real. I don't think DeMar DeRozan can handle it. And what I mean by that is this. In Toronto, he was the guy mm-hmm. for a lot of the time until Kyle Lowry got there. When Kyle Lowry got there, Kyle Lowry started taking that guy, quote unquote, main guy role from him. And now we know, obviously, it led him being traded. And he didn't want to be traded, this whole thing. We all know what happened. But when Kyle Lowry was getting his 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 stuff in Toronto, getting those shots, getting those big points. DeRozan struggled. And we're starting mm-hmm. to see that happen again. It is one game, so I'm not going to say that's panic. But the Spurs have to figure out how to get DeRozan in a rhythm off the ball. And mm-hmm. DeRozan is, doesn't seem – I, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not take, talking of last night because it's just one game, but I'm looking at his career as a whole. He's never really been a good off-the-ball player. He's always been a good, I got to get my shots. I got to get into rhythm type of player. I got to do the mid range. I got to go inside, do an ISO play. That's the type of player he's always been. And that's fine for him. That's fantastic. But when you, I mean, you said to yourself, uh, when DeRozan and LaMarcus are in, it kind of diminishes DeJounte's game. Yeah. And I don't want to see DeJounte's game diminish. I know you don't either. But also you have to remember LaMarcus and DeMar are the main two or the main two of the main guys on this roster right now, other than DeJounte. So pop has to figure out how to get DeRozan into a rhythm and keep him in this game off the ball, because if he's doing off the ball stuff, it's going to be better for him offensively, but he just has to kind of figure that out. And I think if he figures out sooner rather than later, it's better. But I mean, right now I think that's what his main struggles came with. He wasn't in a rhythm the shots he he was oh of what do you say oh of five 
Yeah, Sterling, in the first three quarters, first three quarters. Yeah, so he was 0-5 in the first three quarters because he wasn't in the rhythm. But when DeJounte uh, sat down and, yeah. and and DeMar came in, DeMar took over, went to the rim, got got some foul, he got an and yep. one. So we saw that. So I think I think that with DeJounte being the main man, I think that's kind of like messing up with DeMar's rhythm a little bit. Because last season, he was the man, DeMar, because there was no DeJounte. Yeah. And, and so I think one thing there's like, you, and you were right. Like he was like, not only was he just their, their, like one of their main scorers, but he was also their playmaker. You know, he was like, he was like in the top um, 98 percentile of, of assist percentage for a wing. And again, because, you know, he was flanked there by, by Derek White, who's not as aggressive. You know, Derek White makes good plays. He can run your ball club, but he's not a, an aggressive scorer like DeJounte is or a guy who gets to the gets, gets into the paint and gets really, really um, aggressive in terms of physicality, at, you know, getting fouled and stuff like that, like we saw from DeJounte last night. So, Brandon, I mean, so Derek is more of a, of a very like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do the right point guard duties and kind of just get the ball to where it needs to go. And DeMar, if you want to run the pick and roll, you know, five times in a row because you have this, you have your shot going or because you're finding the three point shooters. That's fine. So that's kind of where I, th- I think you're right, Stephen, where it's going to be a transition transition and see can he adapt to this role of now you're adding a third guy basically in terms of the top three playmakers who is who is more aggressive who's actually in DeJounte who, who can actually run his own pick and rolls he can iso himself he especially like I said he's like he's almost like Russ when he gets those defense rebounds and kind, kind of just gets going in the fast in the in the open court well then DeJounte and, and I mean not DeJounte DeRozan and LaMarcus have no chance of even getting uh, a chance in those possessions because again they're not they're not they're not running gun type players they're they're more mm-hmm. half court oriented like like, we, like I mentioned and the, and the stats show it I mean they're not going to lie the stats are there too so um I think that you're right you know it's only one game so we don't want to harp too too much on this, but it is going to be more of a, I, I think for sure a a, a a transition or a um a, a change for Demar and, and Lamarcus to, to figure out how can they coexist with with Murray by them so those two staying effective and efficient while also letting Murray not not stunting Murray's growth and and I think Lamarcus is okay because he had a pretty good yeah. game last night he had he had basically like an average game for him for himself like his mm-hmm. normal line that he would put up so um yeah I think that it's right now out of one game only we've already, we've already seen that it's going to be DeRozan who has to kind of work on his game and figure out where is he going to fit in off the ball and, and those kind of things and sharing the responsibility. So I, I don't really have a Marcus on my, on my, on my list of, of players I want to talk about because he basically, for me, like I said, 22 points, eight of 15 shooting, you know, got his mid-range shots, got to the free throw line. All, you know, the normal Lamarcus thing has got some shots in the paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the one three he did take is because there was like five seconds left on the shot clock and he was kind of forced to take it. Um, he had eight rebounds, like I mentioned, um, you know, you know, pretty, pretty decent defense. <laughs> Uh, two blocks. So, so what did you want to say about Lamarcus? Because uh, I mean, for me, it was just like a normal Lamarcus game. I didn't see anything that stood out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nothing really special with Lamarcus. I mean, not to say he's not a special player, but I mean, it's just a, the typical Lamarcus game from him. I mean, he hit the boards. He had a couple blocks. He put up his usual points. So, I mean, you know, great. I mean, if Lamarcus can play like that consistently for the whole season, and Dejounte can play like that, and, and uh, Britton Forbes, I think the Spurs will be fine. Yeah. So, so yeah, so not too much on LaMarcus. Um, you know, he, he played pretty well for them. Was their leading score. Let's go into a topic that I actually didn't have on my notes, Steven, but you wanted to bring this up because yeah. it's pretty much just the topic of Spurs Twitter. Oh, and that yeah. is, uh, <laughs> that is the, that is the, um, current situation with Lonnie Walker, the fourth, not playing. And also I, I wouldn't even throw in Damari Carroll. A lot of fans were mad about Damari Carroll not playing in, yeah, in the opening I, night. I, I, they were like, I, why yeah. did you, why did they pay him 7 million or 9 million, whatever it is to, to just sit on the bench and, uh, you know, and then, um, you know, Solani and, and, and Damari Carroll both didn't get any minutes. Marco Bellinelli, who is the one who's basically like, um, he's like the, you know, Spurs, Spurs Twitter used to, didn't used to like Danny Green a lot for a lot of years. They would always, you know, go after Danny Green <laughs> and Pal Gasol and then Patty Mills. Well, now that, that, now that's being all that, um, 
that criticism is being shifted toward um, Marco Bellinelli this year. You know, even before the season even starts, even through the sum- summer, once they uh, they added Damari, and then also uh, you know, as as Lonnie broke out in the summer league, where he had a really strong performance, people thought that automatically Lonnie Walker or Damari would be the would be the backup um, small forward uh, behind Demar Derozan. But that's not the case. I mean, we saw it in preseason. Pop is still going to go with his vet, the guy who was there all of last year, the guy who provides spacing, um, and, and Marco Bellinelli. And you know, Bellinelli's night wasn't good to defend his case here. Last night, he only <laughs> one of two shots, three points. Uh, let me see. Did he turn the ball? Yeah, one turnover. I mean, really, he, he the the the, uh, the, uh, the Knicks did a great job. I think they know that what he does. You know, they scouted him pretty well. So, and, and he played 18 minutes and really didn't provide a lot uh, on the game. And we know that uh, defensively, he's not going to give you much. That those other two guys could give you way more. So, um, go ahead and, and, and discuss uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 battle right now for that role of backup small forward. Well, I mean, my message to Spurs Twitter, and I'm sure I'm going to get hate, so it's perfectly fine. I'm used to it, which is calm the hell down. <laughs> I mean, it's one game. It is one game. It's not like we're in game 86 or 84 or it's preseason or, or, or it's playoffs or something. It's one game in October. Calm down. <laughs> I mean, will Lonnie actually get uh, some playing time this season? Who knows? I mean – Marco play play so bad that Pop may be forced to play Lonnie. Who knows what's going to happen? But right now, the re the, okay, I'll just say this: Pop loves his veterans. You know mm-hmm. this. I know this. Mike and everyone who covers the Spurs knows Pop loves his veterans. Okay, Marco Bellinelli is that guy who has won a championship with the Spurs. He's been that reliable shooter. Uh, whenever you need a big bucket, even though he missed about let's say he misses ten in a row. The 11th one, if the Spurs need it, he usually makes it. So he's that guy you know you can rely on to make a, a bucket in clutch time if the time is right. And Lonnie Walker, from what I understand, did not have a good preseason overall. Um, there was one game, the last game I believe it was Miami or, or uh, Memphis. The Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he had a bad game from what I heard. Uh, he had not have, I did not see preseason. You did, so you can probably tell me. But, I mean, apparently he didn't have a good preseason. Uh, Damari Carroll, from what I understand from uh, reading uh, Jeff McDonald's pieces, is he's kind of not really understanding the Spurs system at, at the moment. He kind of struggled in the Spurs system. So that's why those two are not getting minutes. Um, Damari Carroll is a veteran in the NBA. I do believe he will get minutes. Pop is still trying to figure out his rotations. I mean, there's the, we all know Pop does this every season. Pop figures out his rotations until uh, around Christmas time, I believe, is, is when he really kind of sets in on a, on a solid rotation um, and gets the guys he really that are benefiting this club. So all of Spurs Twitter harping about Lonnie Walker. Um, I mean, it's fine. I mean, I have my opinions too. I want Lonnie to play. I'm on you guys' side. I want Lonnie to play. I, I'm excited to see what he can do with DeJounte and Derek White and, and Trey Lyles and all these guys out there. I want to see that. But right now, Pop is the coach of this team. And Pop sees stuff that you and I don't see on a daily basis. We don't know what goes on in practices or what they talk about or what Lonnie does or whatever. No one does. So, I mean, I trust Pop's judgment on this. I do want Lonnie to play. And I do think Lonnie will play as the season goes on. I do believe he'll get those minutes. I believe Jamari Carroll will get those minutes. They didn't bring both of them here just to sit on the bench. Let's be real. They're going to play, but it's just going to take time. That's the whole thing I'm saying. I, I love them both. I love Damari's game. I loved Lonnie's game. Lonnie killed it in summer league. We all saw it. So it was just a matter of finding his rhythm and earning those minutes. And I do believe he will earn those minutes. I do believe it for sure. 
Yeah, so um, you know, you you were talking about uh, you know, the chance of him playing eventually this year. I, I think that it's definitely the plan for Lonnie to play because yesterday yeah. before the game, I didn't tweet this out, but Pop had a pretty long quote just talking <laughs> about like the team, you know, entering the season before the game began, and he basically said, you know, he was mentioning like all the players are adding, and he mentioned like adding Lonnie to the mix now and, and getting him some minutes is what he kind of said is is like the overall plan. So I think that. In the long game, Lonnie will be getting his chance at, at getting trying to earn a role this year. Now, for sure, now, obviously, it's probably not, it may not happen the first ten or twenty games. You know, by Thanksgiving, he still might not be playing. Uh, but I think that before you know, you know, at least February or, or the, the All Star break, he's going to get his chance at, at, at some kind of uh, games and minutes. So I think that Pop knows in, in the long term he's going to he's going to have to try out Lonnie. And, and like I said, Bellinelli didn't hurt, didn't help himself in the first game, <laughs> and then. Um, uh, what's it called? Damari Carroll too. One thing I did notice with Carroll is every time the Spurs were playing the preseason, it was either like if Rudy Gay was sitting out, uh, Damari Carroll would get a bunch of minutes. And then when Rudy Gay was there, Damari Carroll didn't play really that much. So I was like, wait a minute, how's this going to work when Rudy's actually there on the, on the, and everybody's there like a present. And that's what we found out was that Damari is pretty much playing the backup four for the Spurs. And so if you can't get him minutes because Rudy's healthy and, and he's there and also Trey Lyles, like we mentioned, then the only place for him to get minutes is at that backup small four. So it's not just mm-hmm. so Marco Bellinelli actually needs to watch out because he, he doesn't have a secure spot right now because not only is, is Lonnie trying to get some minutes to get his minutes, taking control of those minutes, but also uh, Damari is also th- looking at that backup small forward spot. So, th- so there's definitely going to be some competition this mm-hmm. season for that backup yep. small forward role as long as everybody stays healthy. And so we'll see. You're right, Steven. Maybe by like Christmas, we'll finally know, you know, who is exactly going to be that back of small four for Pop, who has earned that spot. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to say about Lonnie, you know, he did have a very inconsistent preseason, especially offensively. But I think that the, the game that really showed you what he can be defensively and adds so much to this team is that he game against Houston when he played a lot of minutes against Russell Westbrook and James Harden. I mean, he had a, he had a possession where Harden gets by him and then he goes by and kind of blocks him, you know, on a help defensive play. So, I mean, that, that athleticism, he can just use it on defense. And and it's so much more than what Bellinelli can give you at this moment and probably even more what Carroll can give you. So that's why I think that I, I too, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I know I don't I don't you know I, I know Spurs Twitter gets really upset they're like why because they were even sending the the the, the uh, tweets to me and Jeff McDonald like why don't you ask Papa about why he's not playing it's like because we already know what the answer is going to be it's going to you know it's, it's only a year or two it's it's just started uh, he'll he'll eventually get his chance but again I actually do want to see Lonnie Walker also play this season I also mm-hmm. want to see I, I just want to see what he can do it's just like Same. it's just like what I said with, with Dejounte and and DeRozan and Aldridge it's like I want to see what Dejounte can be as a main playmaker now are we going to get that I can't say for sure. But uh, you know we'll see. So so again, I think down the line in the long in the long run, Lonnie will get a shot. You know when he gets those games of five to about fifteen games, when he actually gets a shot, is he going to make the most of it? Now that's a big question too. Is he, you know Pop will probably give him a shot to, to get some minutes there, and does he take advantage? Because if he doesn't, well then hey, he could find himself buried again. Like I think yeah. Corey Joseph, there was like a year, there was like almost one or three years between one and three years where he would just find himself on the bench each season. He could rarely uh, get get into the rotation. One one thing so, I want to touch on before you move on is ahead. that uh, Derek White also did not have a Derek White type game that we saw last season, last uh, in, in the preseason and uh, first game of, of the regular season. We did not see him have a really strong performance. Now, does that mean that Derek White's going to be horrible for the rest of the season? Of course not. But I want to see Derek White, Lonnie, DeJounte, the real quote-unquote future of this Spurs team together on the floor with you know with all with Lamarcus and, and to see what really can happen with this club. And it's going to happen over time because, I mean, like I said – Pop will. This is the direction Pop wants to put this team in. You add in Keldon Johnson, Luca, Luca for we just get that they just got in the draft over the, over the in a couple of years. This Spurs team is going to be very very good. So I mean, it's just a matter of earning those minutes and and being patient. And uh, Derek White is the prime example of that. 
Uh, he got invited to Team USA over the summer. He was a main, main focus in the playoffs for the Spurs um, a year ago, in the regular season a year ago. So, I mean, just be patient, guys. Lonnie will get his time. And when he does, just imagine how this Spurs team is going to be. Yeah, and but like we also mentioned, Lonnie has to make the most of it when he does get that chance. True, um, very true. Yeah, and also one thing you you brought up a, a you brought up Derek, and I do want to talk about something. One thing I, I did notice is that Pop also continues to like to get Derek some minutes with the starters, like so when he mm-hmm. pulls Dejounte out midway through the quarter. And the reason for that is because Derek is actually I think I think Derek makes Lamarcus and DeRose a little bit more comfortable because he plays the slower pace, he's more half court oriented type point guard, and so he gets them into their spots. You know, gets Lamarcus the the, the post entry where he wants it, gets DeRozan you know to, to run his pick and rolls or, or his um is uh his zipper plays so there's different sets that 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 those guys are more comfortable because they spent a whole year with Derek last year as their point guard so so I think that that's something we're going to continue to see is that is that um you know Derek will also get some more minutes uh, with the starters maybe not starting the game but at least getting some run with them yeah. um all right let's go ahead and get into some of the latest news Steven so there's actually been a lot this week for for this supposed to be you know opening week uh in terms of contracts and things like that so the first big news on Monday the Spurs um you know a lot of players around the NBA were co- the young players are coming to agreements on extensions with their teams uh the Spurs actually got Dejounte Murray extended for four years sixty four million dollars uh which is an average of sixteen million a year this is a really really good contract. Um, you know, compared to Jalen Brown and, and Sabonis and some of these other guys that were signing deals, Buddy Heald, everyone's like, oh, the Spurs got to steal, the Spurs got to steal, which is true because we've already seen how great DeJounte was already in one game. But you have to remember where the Spurs were. Now, I, I don't know if it was you who was my guest or somebody this past summer was my guest. I think it was Colin Reed. And we were talking about, you know, what's the chances of the Spurs getting giving DeJounte uh, a um, contract extension? And at that time, I had said, I'm not I'm not very confident it's going to happen just because again we had seen zero games that he was going to be healthy he was coming off that horrific ACL injury and so I think I had told Colin that day you know if they give him a contract I think they'll give him something close to what Dante Exum got a few years ago which was like in the nine nine about the ten million dollar range you know because yeah. again it was it was more of a jazz the jazz saying okay Exum you're hurt again you know but we, we still believe in you we think you can grow when you actually get healthy so we're going to give you about ten million uh, and so he signed it and it was like a three or four year deal and so I thought it would be somewhere around there if they did do that. Now, $10 million is really low for DeJounte, so you see that that $60 million is a lot better for him. But again, you know, before people start saying steal, you know, is the steal of the, of the day, it is going to be the steal of the day, especially if he, if he continues to stay healthy. But again, the Spurs are, are doing this because, again, they hadn't seen him play, but they saw he was really strong in that, those five preseason games. He really showed that, that he's healthy, that mm-hmm. he's able to um, attack the rim. He's, he's fearless. You know, he's not letting the injury, you know, stop him from, from being aggressive. So, and plus, a point guard is, is, is a position that every team would jump on in free agency. In the, in the in the open market this coming summer, so that's why uh, I think that they that they were able to come to this conclusion and they did um, you know get Dejounte. Now this is obviously when when he becomes you know gets if he can continue putting up eighteen eight and six like this, this is going <laughs> to definitely be a steal. But again, th- these they're also making sure that he's going to be okay long term with the, with his health. Um, so what did you think about this deal? Sorry, distracted by the uh, trees. Anyway, blowing in, the, in on my oh, window yeah. here. No, but um, yeah. So I mean, I, the deal's great. I mean, I, I do believe it is a steal. Uh, you, you point out some of those numbers that other guys have gotten. It's a massive steal. Um, and I believe you you can correct me if I'm wrong here. I believe you tweeted out um, yesterday, I believe, that the Spurs are setting themselves up for like 80-something million dollars. Of, yes, uh, in uh, cap space in 2021. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, the, I, we all know the Spurs are looking long-term, down the line, two, three years down the line. Hence, the draft picks of Luka, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie, you know, all the, Derek White, all those guys are down-the-line players. Um, well, most of them are down-the-line players. Same thing with the financial situation. I mean, Derek White for four years, $64, $64 million, 
I will take that every day. Jante, up, right? Yeah, yeah. If he can put up numbers like that, and if you look um, in, I believe it's twenty twenty one, guys like Lamarcus's contract will be done by twenty twenty one. Um, we don't, we still don't know the whole uh, situation with DeMar's contract yet, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, so the Spurs are setting themselves up nicely to get a nice free agent. Uh, if, if, uh, LaMarcus and DeMar experiment does not work out how the Spurs want it to, the Spurs are setting themselves up nicely to do that. And DeJounte's deal is a massive part of that because like I say, we're getting it for, you're getting it for a steal because if he can play like this consistently and heck, even if he exceeds the expectations that are on him right now, that's going to look at the Spurs. People are going to look at the Spurs and be like, wow, you just got this guy for a cheap price considering what got, uh, some of the other guys are going for. Like I believe Ben Simmons got like a hundred something million dollars for his deal. Yeah. So, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, but DeJounte's deal is a steal. And I think in the long run, financially, it's going to help the Spurs regardless uh, of, this, of, of the situation. Because if you remember that Patty Mills contract, that um, uh, Pau Gasol contract, I mean, I don't think it's RC and Pop and the guys want a repeat of a situation like that considering his injury. And mm-hmm. but again, the way he played on an opening night proves that this could be a real steal. Yeah, and you know, you, you talked about you know down the line what he can turn into, and and really like if he ends up becoming like down the line, say two or three years from now, he ends up becoming like a borderline all star or even an all star. Well, yeah. then he's gonna end up becoming like like what? Remember how they used to talk about Steph Curry? Like they were like, wow, the Warriors got a steal because remember for yep. like two or three years, Steph was only making like twelve million. But yep. again, Steph was in the same situation. He had all those ankle injuries really early on in his career, so the Warriors mm-hmm. got got him a deal at a lower price. And then obviously, you know, now he's making, he's getting a max, but again, mm-hmm. that could be end up being DeJounte where, you know, yeah. the Spurs had to get that Spurs got a lower number with him only because of the circumstance, because of where, where he was, um, you know, with, with the, with the ACL injury, he hadn't played a game uh, until these past five preseason games before last right. night. So, so again, three or three, two years from now, if, if DeJounte is an all-star, I mean, this is gonna look like a mega steal for, for the Spurs. And, and so we'll go back to this moment of, you know, uh, of why, why this was the, 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 the situation. Some other news, Stephen, about the roster uh, is on Tuesday, the Spurs. Uh, did something very early. They um they guaranteed Lamarcus Aldridge's twenty twenty salary. So so this season, um, Lamarcus is making his full guaranteed uh, salary. But then next season, twenty twenty, he was only um he only had partially guaranteed seven million. And the Spurs had until June to, uh, 29, 2020 to make that choice of whether they're going to guarantee that full salary for twenty for uh, how much did I say twenty four million? Well, mm-hmm. they actually did it yesterday, which is which is you know it, it, it kind of puzzled a lot of people because it's it's barely October. You know why do normally these kind of deals get done where they say okay we're extending you or we're guaranteeing your money usually like after the season ends like in April. Um, so, you know, for me, I was kind of like, you know, the, the, the questions went up for me. I was like, okay, why are they doing this story? So I kind of started digging in to the contract situations. And and really, it, for, from what I can see, it doesn't have any bearing on if, you know, is there a trade coming or anything like that. I don't see that down the line because even if you're going to trade them, you're still using this year's salary. It's not like you're, you have to worry, worry about that extra salary for next year. Right. So what I what I took away from it is it's a we're all in for these next two years with you as our big guy. So like so like you said, Stephen, in twenty twenty one, Lamarcus will now become a free agent. So I think that the Spurs are giving him and, and this core, maybe DeRozan's included in that, and plus you know Dejounte, Derek White, all these young guys that you just mentioned, they're they're giving this squad Rudy Gay's on that on that type of deal too till twenty twenty one. They're basically in this year and next year, two year run basically to see what they can do. You know how much damage can they can they get they can they can they cause in the playoffs? You know how far right. can they go? So I think that's kind of what it signals to me is that they're committing to Lamarcus early, saying, "Hey, you're our big guy for these next two years. Let's see let's see what you, how far you can take this squad." What did you think about that? Yeah, I mean that's exactly what you took the words right out of my mouth. That's exactly what I thought too because I mean again. Uh, 
the Spurs and Lamarcus had a, I think it's fair to say a shaky start, you know, a little bit shaky start uh, where, you know, he didn't, when he first got here, he, uh, he didn't exceed expectations like many fans wanted him to. I don't even, I, and Lamarcus himself even admitted, you know, I, I wasn't expecting this either. Um, but of course, we know Pop and him had that talk and now everything's cool. Um, you're right. That's exactly what this is. This deal is a two-year window. Okay, we're giving you two years, either get a championship or get as far as you can. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see how far we, you can get. And if it doesn't work out, then boom, the experiment's over. I do believe DeRozan will be a part of that too, because I don't see a situation where one, any other team other than a quote unquote below 500 team will want DeRozan uh, for the price that they're asking mm-hmm. and uh, you know, all that type of situation. So I, mean, I do believe DeRozan will be part of that deal, whether he gets the extension done or not is another story, but I do believe he'll be part of that deal as well. Um, as will uh, some of the other guys. Uh, if the if if I'm saying if a lot, if it does not work out, then I do believe that's where the Spurs kind of set set the sails on both Demar and Lamarcus. But as for these next two years, I don't see an issue with it. I really don't. I mean, I know there's some people on Twitter who say that you know he's Lamarcus is a soft and blah blah blah. But look at what he does right now. He is what uh, without Lamarcus, says 22 points. Yesterday, the Spurs went out of one, even with the Jonte playing as well as he did. So, I mean, if the Marcus has earned it, in my opinion, he the last two seasons he's completely balled out. He's been a beast on on the offensive glass. I mean, on the on the offensive side, on defensively, he's been a beast on the glass. He's gotten some. He's been a massive part of the Spurs defense. I think he's earned that twenty every mid uh, every single dollar of that twenty four million dollar contract. I do, um, and as you said. Uh, this is kind of like his, his the, the window is right here right now. So we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so, so they got LaMarcus locked up for two years. And I mean, if it was a trade scenario, then, then it would just be telling the trading team, well, then, Hey, if we're trading, if we trade you LaMarcus, you know, you're getting him for two years on, on his deal. It's not like you, you have to worry about one year deal. It's, it's right. a two year deal now. So, so that's the case if it was a trade, but again, it, it doesn't signal. It yeah. Me either. It doesn't signal that any kind of trades, uh, unless, you know, something does happen this year where he's not happy be, being like the third option. Let's say DeJounte does take off and become, you know, the Spurs' primary guy. Well, then maybe he, he has, he has talks pop again. Hey, maybe I do want to get traded by before February. Well, then that could be the case. But again, that's like a very uh, extreme hypothetical that we're not yeah. going to get into um all right Stephen. the last two pieces of news that that, that came out this, this past week were uh because that extension deadline on uh, monday that passed uh yako Pertle did not get a, a um a new contract extension like Dejounte. um and, and i wrote a big piece on project spurs about this because i was getting a lot of questions on twitter it's like oh why did they extend Pertle? he's good and all these things and i was like yeah but just it, when you look at at the at the um the, the primary position of each player um, Dejounte is a, a guard, a defensive guard who has uh, untapped potential athletically to become, you know, who, who knows what offensively. Uh, th- th- there was going to be a market for Dejounte basically ha- had they let him go into free agency. Jakob, you know, every year I, I do my on cleaning, on, uh, not cleaning the glass, um, analyzing the league. I do uh, my my normal like free agent breakdown of, of who's available. And every year, Stephen, every summer, the the big man list just gets over, further and further. Where got, big men are just not getting jobs in today's NBA. I mean, it's yeah. unless you're like Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, we, we've already seen it. Mathematics, the, the, the small ball is just kick, um, getting rid of centers, your traditional seven-foot centers. And Jakob's actually a good player who teams would want. But again, you know, he's not an all-star level player. He's just a, he's just a role player. Uh, like you see here, look at his stat line from last night. Comes off the bench, six points, four rebounds. That's a really solid game. He's a really good defender. But again, he's not going to be a guy who's going to command over $10 million. So... 
the Spurs have him as a restricted free agent this summer, so the smart play for them is to be to say, okay, when when June 29th comes, they they um they tender Jakob, they make him a restricted free agent, which means they have two days to match any offer he gets, and then they tell Jakob, okay, go ahead and go see what you can get from another team. And I doubt that, especially with, with how, how a lot of teams don't have a lot of cap space this summer, I doubt that anyone's going to give him more than the, at max, the, the mid-level exception of like $9.3 million or $9.8 million, whatever it is. So I doubt that he gets more than $10 million. And if they do give him that, that mid-level, well, then the Spurs can say, okay, we really like Jakob, we'll match that deal for three or four years, whatever it is. I, I just don't see him uh, being a guy who's going to get over, over 10, million, 10 to $15 million, uh, mm-hmm. that the Spurs would be actually fret about, about matching it. So, so I think that's why they, they didn't um, extend Jakob, is that, is that there's not going to be as big of a market for him as there would have been with DeJounte. So, so I think that they're just going to – I think that the future still looks good at them keeping Jakob long-term. But again, for him, the market's going to have to dictate, dictate how much he's going to earn, and he's going to have to bring an offer sheet to the Spurs. What do you think about Jakob not getting that extension? I'm, I'm okay with it, actually. I mean, I, this, and this is coming from someone who actually loved Jakob in, in, in when he first got here last season. And uh, it's after one game, the guy's proven himself great. I mean, he's a solid pickup for the Spurs. And and I know myself included, when the Spurs first announced, oh, we get the Spurs got DeMar DeRozan and Jakob Pertl in a trade. And I'm like, who the hell is Jakob Pertl? <laughs> like, I, I don't know who he was. And I mean, I was like, oh, yeah, that guy. But I mean, you know, he's proven himself. The guy is a very solid big man, but you're right. The big man game is slowly dying out. The days of the yes. Twin Towers, David Robinson, Tim Duncan, those type of days are over, unfortunately. Um, as someone who loves basketball and has watched the Spurs since he was about seven years old, I've seen the transition, and I'm not a fan of where the NBA is going towards the small ball. Yeah. I, get it's, I get it's exciting, but I'm, I'm just a real like purist when it comes to the bas- basketball. I really am. But um, – as far as Jakob's deal goes, I'm okay with him not getting the extension because, as you said, he's not going to require that much money. He's not going to go out and get $20-something million. He's not going to go get $15 million. He's going to get the mid-level exception, and I do believe the Spurs will match it unless it's something completely outrageous, which, again, I don't see happening. Mm-hmm. But I do believe the Spurs will have Jakob on the roster next year. I don't see a situation where he – gets overpaid like uh, Boban Mar- Marjanovic. I don't see a situation where he gets overpaid like that. I do see a situation where the Spurs will either match a deal that he gets from another team or they will sign him to a contract themselves. Yeah, uh, that, that's also that, an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very minimal type deal, maybe a one to two year deal worth, you know, um, um, the, mo- the least amount of money possible because, I mean, Jakob is a very good player. And I, I would hate to lose him because he's a solid backup big. He's a yeah. very solid backup, not a starter level, but he's a very solid backup that we saw last season, or excuse me, and uh, last night. And uh, I do believe that we're going to see that from Jakob this season. If he can taste that bench role, I think Pop and uh, RC and all the guys uh, will be like, you know what? This is a good role for him, and let's restructure his deal. Yeah, and something else that you have to keep in mind, too, is that the Spurs still have a really young developing center overseas in Nikola Milutinov. He's over there playing in Greece right now. And this guy, you know, he, he's been a really good center for Serbia and their national team. And so he, he can't come over. He, he Every year, you know, you keep thinking the Spurs might bring him over. But but there's no room for him because, again, they're just running basically one traditional big. And with Jakob here, I don't know if that guy's ever going to come over. If Jakob <laughs> signs long-term, like a three- or four-year deal, I don't see Militino ever getting his chance to come to San Antonio. So, again, even if a team does throw a crazy offer that the Spurs don't want to match toward Jakob and he leaves, well, then, hey, they still have an insurance plan in Militino that they can bring over, too. So that's kind yeah. of something to keep in mind. Um all right, Stephen, the last player, we kind of talked about him a while ago, uh, his contract status, and that's DeMar DeRozan. 
Uh, the Spurs didn't didn't extend his 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 contract on Monday, but they don't have to because they actually have technically they have to June 30th because Lamarcus I mean because Demar would be doing a veteran extension. He actually has to the end of the season at, and June, on June 30th. So really. Any day now, we could get an alert. Oh, Spurs and DeMar DeRozan extend contract. You know, it could end up being that. Now, we have gotten some news on that this week. Um, earlier this week, Mark Stein reported that mm-hmm. the Spurs and DeRozan are kind of um, not close on talks right now on extension. They're, they're, they were having those initial discussions. From DeRozan's perspective, he wants a long-term deal is what's being reported, that he wants, you know, a three or, three or four-year deal probably. From the Spurs' perspective, they don't want to do that. They want to they want to do a short deal, so maybe one or two years. Who knows how long? Uh, and again, probably to fit in line with what we talked yeah. about earlier, where, yeah. where you want you want Lamarcus and and Demar probably off the books by twenty twenty one, so that you have this young core of players plus a lot of cap space when there's like a bunch of free agents out there, max level free agents. Now I know I threw out that number eighty point three million. That's as of today. It's going to shrink. You know, whoever they draft these next two years, well, it'll make that shrink. Let's say they resign Brent Forbes or they resign Jakob this summer. Well, then all that money's going to shrink a little bit. But again, they're still projected right now to have a max in um, twenty twenty one as long as they don't bring any of these guys back. Uh, their main guys like Lamarcus or Demar or even Rudy Gay. So, but with also having that young core. So, so yeah, so DeMar, you know, again, he, he has until June 30th, so really it's a wait-and-see mode if they're going to give him that extension. I think the next tentative deadline, really hard deadline, is the trade deadline in, in February, early February, because, again, if the Spurs do think that he's going to leave the summer, he's going he's to decline his player option of $27 million and go become an unrestricted free agent, well, then maybe they do have to look at trading him. But, again, yeah. you mentioned a great point, Stephen. The only teams with cap space are young, rebuilding teams. That's it. Exactly. Like the no, no contenders. If DeMar's looking for a ring or a team where he can actually win games uh, long-term, I, I don't see a team out there right now with, with enough cap space. Uh, so so that's why he may actually – I agree with you. I think that he may just opt into his $27.7 yeah. million this year, play another year with LaMarcus as, as them two, as the, t- the two top guys, and then in 2021 when there's more money available all over the place, then maybe he would want to become an unrestricted free agent. So what did you think about DeMar's status? I mean, I was going to make a joke that, you know, uh, if he plays like he did last night, I wouldn't even extend him. But I mean, of course, yeah. it's one game. No, but I mean, like I said, um, you know, it, it, I'm, not, I'm not upset about it. I'm not upset about it because, as you said, and I said it as well, there's no one really that could offer him a max deal or a lot of money unless you're a bottom feeder right now. Mm-hmm. Guy, like the Atlanta Hawks, like uh, the Knicks. I, <laughs> yeah. No, they they have money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they have money. <laughs> yeah, they have money. Yeah. So I mean, uh, let's your team like that. So I mean, do I see Demar going there? I mean, if he wants the money, sure, why not? But Demar doesn't strike me as that player of oh, I want the money. He wants to win, and I mean, we saw with the Raptors uh, when he was with Toronto. Uh, he wants to win. He he stuck with that franchise when he didn't ha- when he had the option to leave. Um, and get more money elsewhere. He, I believe, mm-hmm. he took a pay cut a few times in Toronto to uh, to stay. And while you have the uh, situation where uh, Demar could leave, I just don't see it happening. I, I do believe he'll opt in. Uh, I understand the Spurs do want to do that two year deal, uh, or, or it could be a two year deal to where uh, he's in twenty twenty one to where him and the Marcus are off the books by then. And I believe that's exactly what the Spurs want. And uh, people are comparing it. Oh, that's like the Kawhi situation. Not really, because no, no. because Demar wants a long term deal. That means Demar wants to stay in San Antonio. Yes. Demar does not want yeah. to leave. Whereas the Spurs want to keep Demar, 
but a short-term deal. So both sides want want to to stay with each other. It's just a matter of working out those finer details. And I even tweeted that over the over the I believe it was last night or whenever the news broke. Uh, I tweeted that as well. I was like, it, it's not like the Kawhi situation at all. They both want to stay here. Spurs want to keep him, and he wants to stay. It's just a matter of working out those details. So when it's all said and done, I do believe the Spurs will probably sign him to a two-year deal, and then kind of work out that those kinks later when it comes down to it, or he will opt in. I don't. Let's put it this way: in twenty in the 2020 2021 season, Demar Derozan will be a Spur. I will be very very shocked unless he wants to be traded, as you said. I will be very shocked if he's not a Spur. Yeah, and so so that's kind of you know the, the the one hard deadline that we can pretty much watch from now until February is that trade deadline. You know, if that if that comes and goes, and he's still on the Spurs roster, then I think that either the chances of extension look really positive or a short-term extension or uh, the chances of him just opting in. I think those are definitely the two options in play. Now, again, if the Spurs get any kind of, of, of um, a hint that maybe he is going to think about leaving the summer and maybe he does want to take a big deal with the Knicks or, or with um, you know Charlotte or somebody, I don't know if there's that, if there's that situation where, where maybe his agent tells him, Hey, there is a, there is a deal out there for you. Well then, and they think he's going to opt out. Well, and, and become an under 60 fragile, then maybe they will look at, at, at making some calls and seeing, you know, what, what can they get for him? But again, that's more of a, of a hypothetical as well. So, so we'll kind of wait and see. And like we said, at any day right now, you know, it could be tonight, we could get a, a Woj tweet or a Sham Sharani tweet of saying, Oh, Spurs and, and DeMar DeRozan agree on two to four year deal or something like that. You know, just never know. It could happen again from now until June 30th. So, so right now with DeMar, it's more of a wait and see mode to see what happens with him. Uh, all right, Stephen, thank you for joining me on Spurs cast episode. Uh, f- what is this, 755, I believe? Or what is it, 557, sorry. I've been having my numbers all mixed up. So thank you. Yes, Spurscast episode 557. Spurscast listeners, if you are on Twitter, please follow Stephen uh, at the Stephen A underscore. Again, that is at the Stephen A underscore. Um, so let me just do a quick few, a few quick promotional things to check out if you're visiting productspurs.com. Uh, check out Stephen's latest writing. He wrote about the Spurs uh, win over the Knicks. It's called Three Standout Players about the Spurs and Knicks game. So make sure you check those out. Stephen gives you great recaps and observations after um, after each game Spurs game this season. Um, if you're a Project Spurs premium member or if you want to become one, uh, make sure that you that you sign up w- with us. Uh, Five dollars a month. Uh, wanted it, um, you know we're, we're we're providing a bunch of different um, extra features for our site. So the latest thing that I've already that I've already released is our regular season offense and defensive game tracker. So right after that Knicks game ended, you know as soon as I got the box score and I plugged in all the data and you can see really cool um, color coded charts and different things like that about the Spurs' offensive numbers and their defensive numbers. So it's the the basic idea there is to take you beyond the box score. And then this weekend I'll be I'll be re- releasing a few more databases um, once I get some more some more um, data in from the Spurs. Uh, Colin Reed recently wrote about he, his latest piece is called Preview Top Spurs Storylines Entering the 2019-20 Season. So that's Colin's latest piece on um, you know some of the storylines looking forward to the season. A lot of those me and Stephen did uh, touch on here in this, in this episode. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I did write a piece. If you're really curious about why DeRozan and, and Jakob Pertle didn't get contract extensions, you can go ahead and read that piece on Project Spurs called Latest on DeRozan Pertle Contract Situations, where I go into the details and actually give you the, the amount of money and all those different um, intri- in, um, details there. Uh, also, uh, Benjamin Bornstein and Joe Garcia, uh, did a San Antonio Spurs 2019-20 season video preview for you. So if you want to go check out a video preview of Ben and, and Joe previewing the season before last night's game, uh, you can check that out. And then lastly, uh, I want to thank, uh, Michael DeLeon for mixing and, and producing this episode. So for Steven Anderson, I am Paul Garcia. Thank you. Have a great day.